Derp, derp, derp. Crate murder. <laughs> Is that where we're going next? Crate murder? Crate murder. <laughs> Who wants to talk about a murder mystery? Crate murder, she wrote. <laughs> Crate murder, she wrote. <laughs> you should have had like a knife or something. Like a Britney Spears moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Crate murder, she wrote is brilliant sometimes I'm, it pays to be a nerd that's i'm you know <laughs> that's gonna be my most significant contribution to this episode great murder she wrote all right welcome to episode two of behind the turf my name is phil jackson i'm the managing partner at nature's turf and i'm joined with ruth wilkerson our support team member support who's here team member. <laughs> we're gonna work on that better understand the client's <laughs> questions and as always, to make sure that we don't say anything wrong, we've brought Jared Koenig with us to keep us straight. And real technical. Very technical. All right. So episode two, we are going to talk about crepe murder. This is something that I have heard my entire life, this term, but I think so many people in our society have no idea what it means. So I Googled it to see if other people were Googling it. And when Google says is crepe murder is a term uh, credited to a 1997 article in Southern Living Magazine that refers to the needless late fall and winter practice of cutting crepe myrtles down to stubs. Needless. So it did start somewhere. It started in a Southern Living Magazine where they identified this problem. I didn't realize that it had like, I I knew that the term existed, but I didn't realize there was like a genesis for that term. I thought it was just like a colloquialism or uh, something in the lexicon. (laughs) <laughs> the lexicon. That's a phrase. What are you talking about? <laughs> Somebody get the, <laughs> Where's the dictionary? He cannot help himself. Uh, my wife's eyes are rolling super hard right All now. All right, but Ruth, you didn't grow up in the industry. I kind of grew up around the not. nursery business nope. and, and landscaping. I'm, you know. When you first heard, we were going to talk about crepe murder today. I'm sure you've heard it working at Nature's, but yeah, what I, are you thinking? So we have some crepe myrtles in our front, in the front of our house, and they are the scraggliest looking little guys, but it's because our kids climb them. So yeah. I have no idea, but I was, but from my knowledge of living down here, because where I lived, there was no landscape. I mean, it was just, you know, so I was shocked because I always see people trimming down there. I thought we were doing it wrong. Right. But I also was talking to Jesse about this and he said, you know, they don't do it because of the health. They do it for looks. So yeah, I think shout out to Jesse who's Ruth's husband. So (laughs) Hey Jesse. (laughs) But Jared, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like you're right. I think a lot of people do it because they think, it's the wherever the tree was placed is too big, so they want to get it down in the winter, so that when it produces new growth, like it's not going to get any bigger. The reality is, though, is that you know most crepe or all crepe myrtle trees have a maximum capacity that they're going to grow. Like mm-hmm. they're not going to just keep on getting taller, taller, taller. Right, yeah. but um, it will change the appearance. Like ours look more kind of wild and untamed, and some look much more like uniform. So yeah. So there, there are good reasons to prune crepe myrtles, uh, shape training to make them trees where, you know, you get those lower branches off and maybe they don't look quite so wild. They, they will produce, you know, when they're small, especially they'll produce, uh, branches up the sides of the stems, size training. A lot of times this is not a, a crepe myrtle specific issue. There are certainly plants that are planted all over landscapes that are not, 
uh, in the locations that they should be per se. And that is, those are two very common reasons why crepe myrtles are pruned and probably arguably good ones, but crepe murder isn't necessary. So I'm going to go ahead and drop that bomb and step into that <laughs> field of rakes right now. So you don't have to prune them for the health of the plant. No. No, so my opinion on this, and it's not, it's, I didn't come up with this opinion. It's something that I think is discussed often with people that are sort of into ornamental, ornamental horticulture, is that uh, this is a bit of a misunderstanding that has created a cultural practice that is just sort of blindly accepted. They bloom on current year's growth. And so what that means is if there's flowers on it, that is a new branch for this year. And I think that people have kind of taken that to mean to some degree that they have to do all this pruning to get all that dense blooming and, mm -hmm. and stuff. And certainly it probably does contribute a little bit to that. But pruning that aggressively, I mean, that's effectively the same thing as like rejuvenation pruning and stuff that we talk about in other plants. And it's it can be injurious, honestly. It can, it can be more hurtful than good natural crepe myrtles that are like big or kind of uncommon. Side note. If you guys are local to the Peachtree City area, there's gigantic ones by the library by Lake Peachtree, and they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is when they're properly pruned, they're so much better looking trees. They are. You know, when they're whacked every year, they just get those big knots. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they've just, if you've ever seen one, like after it's been, you know, murdered, like it's just year after year after year, it just gets the, it's the ugliest tree. Yeah. Where if you just let it grow like a natural tree and, and cut out those cross branches you know, some of the, the branches that may, like you said, like make it look kind of wild, right? Just remove those completely, but keeping the natural look of the tree, mm. like it's it, it's just one of the best, you know, plants we have in the southern landscape. So it's always a shame, I think, when you see people just whack them off. Something, I don't know if this is, you know, appropriate for this conversation, an added thing about crepe myrtles is, am I correct in saying that they're a very fertile plant, so if you typically, when I see people try to cut them down, a bush comes up in its place, a crepe myrtle bush. We have some, we have a crepe myrtle that's growing up by our fence right now that we did not plant. They are very prone to producing suckers. So yeah. what that means is like, even if you ever have one that's been removed, we actually see this every once in a while. We'll get pictures in, uh, in our, our text line from clients where they're kind of wondering what this weed is or something, right? And the, what ends up happening sometimes is there used to be a crepe myrtle there and that root system is still there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that root system will send up suckers is what they're called. And they're basically just little shoots that the root system that is existing in the ground still wants to live. And so they produce, you know, they, they continue to produce those <coughs> shoots. One of the correct pruning methods for crepe myrtles is actually to remove those suckers. So if you have them at the bottom of a, of a, a crepe myrtle, removing those is good. Just like spouts, which are branches that grow straight up from existing branches. You want to remove those too, but those are uh, good pruning methods for any ornamental plant or tree. Yeah, and I think it doesn't mean like when you have that crepe myrtle tree that's too close to your house, it doesn't mean you can do some selective pruning to get it back off the house. But the reality is that in some cases, the tree was just probably planted in the wrong spot mm -hmm. and it needs to be moved or removed um, and find something more appropriate for that spot. That's the most commonly overlooked criteria, I think. we get When people yeah. are frustrated with ornamental plants in their landscape, it's usually just because it probably wasn't the right thing to go there to begin right. with. And sometimes mm -hmm. that is crepe myrtles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if we can do this, but if we can, we can um, maybe put a link to a good blog post. It kind of goes a little more in depth about what um, a homeowner can do as far as pruning goes. It's kind of hard to, to do it in this setting. <laughs> but there are some good technical ways that you can prune that we've talked yeah. about in this episode. Um, but visually, we can show people a bit better. Yeah. 
Yeah. All the normal pruning rules apply. The time of year that people prune is perfectly fine for crepe myrtles. That's when you want to do it. Thinning is great. They are prone to things like aphids and powdery mildews and things like that. And so by pruning well, certainly that helps to mitigate and increase that health there. Um, but you you don't, it'll still flower. It'll still be really pretty and probably healthier if you don't just take all the branches off of it every single year. <laughs> All right, Ruth, so do you think we've changed anybody's mind? Do you think people will stop murdering crepe myrtles because of this podcast? I do not think anybody will stop, but I think this is good information. Can't stop, won't hey, stop. We're just going to keep preaching it year after year until people hear us. Yeah. I All right, well, we really, do you have anything else? Nope. Okay, great. So we uh, really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for our second episode of Behind the Turf. Uh, we hope that this was helpful. Again, we'll try to post some more information about proper pruning of crepe myrtle trees. Yeah.